Tet Nisan Tafshin Peyalef. Coming to you live from the offices of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Zilber opens things up yet again with Rufainu Hashem, our Corona opener, which hopefully we'll be able to do away with soon, the way things are going in Israel. Welcome in, welcome one and all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. It's funny that I say each and every Monday, because next Monday, which is Chag and Chutz 
We will not be here, but almost each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, usually 4 PM Israel Time, but uh, for this one more week, 3 PM Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time that we are on. We are on also on demand, whenever you like, whenever you want, just uh, go to nachumsegel.com. Go to the archives, look for all the great programming, and uh, the Israel show will be right there with it. Or, of course, on the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free for iPhones, for Androids, for anything. Not anything, but you know what I'm saying. It won't run on an RCA Victrola. <laughs> RCA Victrola. Anyway, um,. Go download, if you haven't yet, the Nachum Siegel NSN app and enjoy. The show will be in the archives. Or you can subscribe. Oh, that's true. Thank you for reminding me. You can subscribe and be a um, uh, one who gets the podcast delivered automatically, usually the next day, to your device. It is a great thing. So uh, we encourage you to do that as well. And if you do subscribe, leave uh, a rating, leave a positive rating. I don't usually go into this, but I should more. Uh, I should discuss it more because it's important for the uh, growth of the show. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. One word, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. If you haven't yet uh, given it a like, please do. Always helpful to us, and it's helpful if you like the posts that we post, usually once a week, with the um, links to the YouTube videos of the songs that we play on the show. Election Day in Israel, less than 24 hours away. It's a hot season, not just the weather in Israel is hot, but these elections are uh, very hot, very complex. We always point out that elections in Israel are complicated because of the system. The system is complicated. It was was actually created after 2,000 years of learning Gemara. So uh, you got to give them a little slack. But uh, (laughs) so it is a complicated system. But this current election, which is the fourth one within a span of two years, uh, has certain uh, certain issues that complicate it even more. And so we're going to talk to you about that, what to expect, what to look for. No predictions. We don't make predictions here. We stopped with that a long time ago. What do you need my predictions for? Either they're right or they're wrong. And in 48 hours, you'll find out. Um, but we will tell you what to look out for. We'll tell you about a very new, interesting website, um, I understand that Moshe Kopel, who many of you might uh, know or be familiar with his name, has worked on this uh, using artificial intelligence to uh, predict the final outcome after only 2% of the real vote is in. We'll tell you where to find that. And we'll tell you right after this uh, song about the um, Bar Kochva uh, relics that were found uh, they were found over the past 
period of time, but uh, have been revealed to us uh, about 10 days ago and uh, what that means to us. We have a brand new song by Shlomi Shabbat, who recovered from uh, COVID. He was in a very bad situation, and he brings us the Nigun Hashia et Amecha, which has such an interesting story, as you may know by now. Um, and a Meir Milim segment related to Pesach. Stay tuned. Hopefully we'll get all of that in. Here is um, off of Tzama volume number five, Yo- five Yonatan Razel with Ein Od Milvado. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Jonathan Razel, Ain Old Milvado, off of uh, Summer Value Number Five. Uh, archaeology and things that are found deep down in the earth, which represents thousands of years of history, to me always mean or are also important for reminding us that Eretz Israel belongs to Am Israel, that those who try to say that the history that we tell is false, they themselves are liars because every time someone denies the fact that the Jewish people lived in the land of Israel and had a presence there thousands of years ago, if they deny it, all you have to do is take a 2,000-year-old coin with Hebrew writing on it, or parchment with Hebrew writing on it, or a Dead Sea Scroll that's lasted for over 2,000 years, with all of Sefer Yeshayahu intact on one scroll. No, no. Can't say we weren't here. Recently, the uh, Israel Archaeological Authority decided to take on what they call the rescue operation. And the idea is to survey hundreds of caves in the Judean desert in order to trace and preserve the antiquities that are still hidden there before they're retrieved and sold on the private market as has happened in the past by um, what we would call uh, archaeological pirates, if you will. This is what's happening. Bedouins and others, other treasure seekers try to uh, make their way through the Judean desert caves and discover antiquities that are worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to collectors, and they can sell them all over the world. And the State of Israel was a little negligent uh, lately in uh, keeping them away, which is difficult, and also making sure that there's nothing for them to find. So the current director of the Israel uh, Antiquities Authority decided to take on this um, multi-year campaign to survey the secluded Judean desert area, which includes hundreds of caves. It start, they started the search in 2017, and uh, recently they released um, some of the findings. So on March the 17th, they announced that um, they revealed scores of new scroll fragments hidden away in secluded caves during the times of Bar Kochva revolt, which is 132-136, which is about 62 years after the Chorban. We've spoken on this show, especially last Sukkot, about the Bar Kochva revolt and, and the mean, its meaning and so forth, its symbolisms, and the tremendous number of coins that were found from the Bar Kokhba revolt uh, throughout this area. So they have found not only coins, but also pieces of Tanakh 
that before the printing press and before the book were written on scrolls by hand and left there and some pieces survived. The newly discovered parchment fragments feature Greek translations of the books of Zechariah and Nahum, both from Treyasar. Why would there be, in the time of Bar Kochva, Greek translations of, uh, of Sifrei Tanakh? For the same reason that we have art scroll translations of Sifrei Tanakh and every other translation over the generations because slowly but surely people forgot Hebrew, were not proficient in the language, and needed the Tanakh or other Sifrei Kodesh to be translated into the vernacular of the time. Some Sifrei Kodesh later in, in our history were written in the vernacular of the time. The Rambam wrote many of his Sfarim in the uh, special Judeo-Arabic uh, language, which then had to be translated to Hebrew for anyone who didn't understand that language. So it's an interesting uh, situation that they're in. They also found... Oh, by the way, in the scrolls, which were written in Greek, very interesting point, when Shem Hashem, Yudke Vavke, um appears in the text, there... The scribe, the, the person who was writing this scroll, wrote Yud Kevavke in the Hebrew letters, I, I, not the Hebrew letters that we we use today, but what they call proto uh, Hebrew, which is the Hebrew that the font, the Hebrew font, so to speak, used by the Jewish people before uh, the Churban um, Bayit we shown. I think we've discussed that also, that there are two different fonts. The Gemara talks about Ktav Ashuri, Ktav Ivri, and so forth. Um, so this is an amazing, really an amazing idea and an amazing um, result. The idea of, of trying to save all the antiquities that are still there. Imagine if they wouldn't go about doing these, these would either go undiscovered or uh, would end up in the hands of the uh, uh, of the of the bandits as you if you will. One other thing that was discovered there which maybe probably doesn't have religious significance but just still is an amazing thing. They discovered a woven basket large woven basket intact very well preserved with a lid dates back for many years many thousands of years I should say and it is the first of its kind found anywhere around the world an intact woven basket of that size and of that age. Now, I had asked, and I couldn't find the answer until this morning, actually, what was the basket woven of? What was it made from? What types of materials? So, they're not sure yet. They're, they're, te- they're doing tests on these, you know, little pieces to try and figure it out. So, they're not sure yet what type of plant was used to make it. That's interesting. But, this is shocking and fascinating to me. They can tell that two 
people wove the basket and one was left-handed that is to me (laughs) that's amazing okay we're going to go to some music we'll play Kolachai's Tal in um, in keeping with uh, the upcoming Pesach holiday we'll have a Meir Milim segment that's appropriate for the upcoming Pesach holiday and we'll come back at you with um, talk about the elections and we'll spend the rest of the show doing that here's Kolachai with Tal my name is Mayor Weingarten you are tuned to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network
In our Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galei Tzahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Here is this week's installment. Very soon, sooner than some of us may want to imagine, we'll be celebrating Pesach. The first days, the last days, and in between, Chol HaMoed. When we hear the word Moed, we usually think of a holiday. As we say in the Tefillah, Moadim l'simcha, chagim uzmanim l'sason, Moadim and chagim. Or, when we say the word Moed, we might think of this. Kiva Moed, the time has come. Moed being a specific point in time. Like we read about Pesach, that always needs to be celebrated during the springtime. Et Chag HaMatzot Tishmor, Limoed Chodesh HaAviv. But, in the very first Pasuk of Sefer Vayikra we read, Vayikra El Moshe, Vaydeber Hashem Elav, God called out to Moshe and spoke to him, May Ohel Moed Lemor. Ohel Moed is another name used very often for the Mishkan, the portable erector set mini Beit HaMikdash that Bnei Yisrael carried through the desert. God spoke to Moshe from the tent of Moed. What kind of tent was the Ohel Moed? Was it a holiday tent? Was it a celebratory carnival tent? The tent of time? Is there a connection between Chol HaMoed and Ohel Moed? Let's take a closer look at the word Moed. In its most basic meaning, the word Moed means an appointment, a specific time set aside to meet. A Jewish holiday, a Moed, is a time that we have set aside to meet with God. Atatakum kiva Moed. We ask God to bring about the redemption because ki vamoed, the appointed time has come. Okay, you say, but that still leaves the problem of ohel moed. The answer is that the meaning of moed expanded from an appointment in time to an appointed place, a place that has been set aside for us to meet. The Ohel Moed is the place where God meets with and talks to Moshe. I will meet with you there. We'll convene in the Mishkan. Vinoati is the same root as Moed. You see the Ayin and the Dalid. Vidibarti Itach, and I will speak to you. At what specific spot? Me'al HaKaporet, Biben Shnei HaKruvim, Asher Alaron Ha'idut. From the spot above the Aron, exactly between the two Kruvim. That is the appointed place. But wait, there's more. If you listen at the appointed time to Meir Milim, we'll also throw in another way that the word Moed expands. A group of people who get together for an appointed purpose, a common goal. For example, Korach ve Adato. Korach and his Eidah. 
Moed, Eda, his group of conspirators. And expanded even more, any group of people are in Eda. A pasuk that we quote at the end of Kol Nidre, V'nislach l'chol adat b'nei Yisrael. This is the voice of the Lubavitcher Rebbe Zatzal, Harav Menachem Mendel Schneerson. Okay, what's that doing here, you might ask? Well, on special occasions, the Rebbe had a fabrengen, when Hasidim would get together at 770 and hear Divrei Torah from the Rebbe. The fabrengen was known in Hebrew as a hisva'adus, again, from the same word moed, an appointed place and time to convene with the Rebbe. In modern Hebrew, we have many words that all come from this same root. A convention is a vi'ida, a committee is a vad, a committee of inquiry, a vadat chakira. And a goal, a specific purpose that a person sets for himself is a yeud, and therefore a target or a destination is a ya'ad. Now it all comes together. An appointment in time, moed. An appointed place to meet, lihiva'ed, ohel moed. A group of people that agree to assemble together, an eda, a Hasidic assembly, a hisva'adus, and a convention, vi'ida, and a committee.
seems that the Miriam got cut off a little bit at the end there, and now this song did. We're, uh, it's alive. That's what happens. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We heard Yishai Ribo with Sibata Sibot. Um, a Mayor Milim segment on the word Moed. Before that, Kol Achai with Tal. As we approached Filat Tal said on Pesach. So the elections. Of course, um, we're going to not get to everything that we plan to get to. First of all, what's, uh, no predictions. Again, no predictions. Just analysis. One of the things that's interesting is that um, the last few elections have, have uh, deviated from the previous ones where the... In the past, the elections were about the left wing and the right wing, um, pro-Oslo, anti-Oslo, Yudan Shamron, settlements, Hitnachluyot, um, you know, all, all all these, and and that divided up into right and left. There were other issues, but that seemed to be a, a, a main dividing line, and. Um, that is really no longer an issue. It almost seems to be a moot point. With the collapse uh, a bunch of years ago of the Oslo process and Israelis being convinced that right now there is no solution that will satisfy what's called the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian Arabs, the whole idea of um, some sort of a two-state solution has become, in Israel, so anachronistic, so untenable, un- unreasonable. It seems that the only people that talk about it are the new Biden administration and um, the left wing of American Jewry, which is the majority. So what are the elections about? Well, in a minute we'll say what they should be about but what they are about yet again is to BB or not to BB this um, anti-Netanyahu sentiment Benjamin Netanyahu has been Prime Minister now for 10 consecutive years and before that he had 2 years uh, that were not uh, attached Um, and there's uh, a contingent of people that have made it their goal to get rid of him, no matter what he does. And they have support from the judiciary, which, in my opinion, spent endless, endless years investigating him, trying to find something. And they did ultimately find stuff Part of which probably he won't be found guilty for, some of which he might. But unfortunately, I've become more and more convinced that just like we have the deep state in America, there's the deep shtetl in Israel. And so the anti Bibi movement, spurred on by the courts, which now have indicted him and he's in the midst of trial. Um, how can you have a prime minister who's being tried for corruption? 
Okay, if you believe that um, he's guilty of it, then it's a good question. But the law in Israel allows the prime minister to continue to be prime minister even when he's in court until he's found guilty for a lot of reasons. So there's this anti-BB camp, Rocklo BB, and their basic platform is that. Rocklo BB. Anyone but BB. Anyone but Benjamin Netanyahu. You tell them anything good that Netanyahu did, some will say, no, that's that's not really good, we think it's good, but it's not good. And some will say, yes, he did a lot of good. But that, that's it, it's over, the time is up, he's done his good job, and now it's time for him to move on. Why? I don't know. So, they've tried this in various different ways, for the past three elections and every time Netanyahu somehow came out of it and the somehow came out of it usually meant creating a scenario of new elections to try again and try again until he makes it this is a horrible system because the country is terribly um, affected uh, by the lack of stability with these elections coming every few months and in this case, uh, I would criticize the Prime Minister for pr- pressing ahead rather than saying, you know, I'll step down or I'll recuse myself for a while and then we'll go on. But he, and, and then we'll see what happens after the trial. But he doesn't do it and he'll do anything to stay in power because I think it helps him with the trial. So that is my personal opinion. Um, and yet, I totally get it if anyone votes for him because he's done amazing things for Israel. Right now, um, he's leading in the polls. A word about the polls, don't trust them. Just don't trust them. Because the truth is, even though they may give a general indicator, the situation now is so tight, and every seat, every mandate in the Knesset can change so much that the polls can't possibly tell you the the true situation. But we can say that the Likud is the largest party headed by Netanyahu. And it's nat- his natural allies are the Shas party, the Sephardic party led by Aryeh Deri, and Yehadut Torah, which is the Aguda and um, the two parts of the Aguda, the Hasidic and the Litvish. Those are his natural allies, and there's one more, a new party, believe it or not, called Hatzionit Hadatit, which is a little um, a little pompous to call yourself the Tzionit Hadatit, but this is a party led by Betzalel Smotrich, and um, it was put in place by Prime Minister Netanyahu for one purpose to get certain um, types, certain sectors that wouldn't vote for him and might vote for a different party that would be not part of his coalition to to stay within his grouping because Bezalel uh, Smotrich and his crew have 
basically a a a, a, um, a covenant, if you will, a treaty with Netanyahu. If they win, they're in with Netanyahu. In fact, to the extent that in recent rallies, Prime Minister Netanyahu said, vote Likud, vote Likud, but if you're not going to vote Likud, then vote for the Tzionut Hadatit. Because he needs them to pass the threshold. Israel has a high threshold, three point, I think, two five percent. If you don't, if you do not get three point two five percent of the vote, all the votes that you got go into the garbage, and that is a big part of the calculus that goes into the elections in Israel. There are now four parties that are teetering on the brink. On the pro-Netanyahu side, there's the Tzionut Adatit. But on the anti-Netanyahu side, there's Kaholavan, the party that's left with Benny Gantz, whatever's left over from when they fell apart. Meretz, which is a radical left that has been around for a very, very long time, just to give you an idea who who we're talking about, those who have been around, Shulamit Aloni, Yossi Sarid, those were the, those were the um, earlier members of Meretz. Uh, they are actually teetering on the brink. And an Arab party by the name of Ram, which we'll talk about uh, in a moment. So, if Likud and Shas Yehaduta Torah, and if Smotrich's party, Tziunuta Datit, makes it, breaks through the threshold, then there's a good chance that that'll be it. Netanyahu needs 61 votes. If you put them all together, he hopes he'll get 61. And that's the end of the ballgame. That's the easy scenario. What happens if, as in the past election, the pro-Netanyahu camp does not get 61 votes. Well, here comes into play someone by the name of Bennett. Bennett and Shaked, who both started out in the Maftal, what was, what was the Maftal, started a party called, a while already, they're trying to get themselves on the board, started a party called Yemina. And until yesterday, they held out from saying that they would support Netanyahu. They said, no, they're not going to make a decision who they're going to support. They're going to wait to see the results. And then, depending on the results, they'll make that decision, which is very smart and kept him as the, uh, the kingmaker. Problem is, last night he signed in public, not only in public, on, on live television, signed a declaration saying that he will not uh, join a government where Yair Lapid of the Yesh Atid party will be prime minister. So the question is, did he tip his hand now that he would go with Netanyahu or not? So the other side of the Likud Shas Yehadut Torah Tzionut Datit is Yemina of Naftali Bennett, as we mentioned, Ayala Chaked, 
Tikva Chadasha, the new hope. It's the new, new hope, because every election there's someone who's a new hope. Uh, and that is Gidon Saar, former member of the Likud till not too long ago, but an anti Bibiite who tried to defeat Bibi in the primaries of the previous election, but was not able to. He bolted from the Likud, took some other people with him, and started this new party called Tikva Chadasha. Saar is actually more to the right than BB. A lot of people don't realize that. But because this has nothing to do with right and left, because it's pro-BB, anti-BB, Gidon Tsar announced, I will not support BB as the prime minister, no matter what, even if it means that I sit in the opposition. And so he's attracting to him people that don't believe in his ideology. They don't agree with his values. But strategically, they want him to have enough votes so that, again, he can go against Netanyahu. And that's what we're saying. The difference in, in, in voters this time is there's values voters, people who believe, let's say, in the values of Gidon Sa'ar, who is, again, more to the right than Netanyahu, versus the practical voter, the strategic voter, who says, I don't agree with Saar on a lot of his uh, policies, but it's not bad enough to say there's no way I'm voting for him, so I will vote for him. Why? Because he can be a power to get rid of Netanyahu. The same thing goes for Yair Lapid and Yeshatid. Yair Lapid and Yeshatid have always tried to be the next big thing. They were part of Kaholavan and then it split. Before that, they did well in their first election, but then went down in their second election. I don't know how much longer he survives if he doesn't get into power of some form in this election. According to the polls, he's the third largest party. No, the second largest party, I'm sorry. The second largest party uh, after Likud, but far after Likud. So, uh, uh, opposed to the Likud scenario, the scenario of anti-BB would be if Bennett gets together with Saar, gets together with Lapid, that's still not even close to being enough, then they would have to get together with a whole slew of small parties who may or may not actually make the threshold may or may not exist after the election. Kaholavan, Meretz, the Labor Party, which we didn't speak about, but we will hopefully in a moment. So that is a... Even if that can happen, it's going to be a coalition of so many different factions with so many different opinions coming from the left and the right and secular and religious and anti-religious I don't know how they would ever all live uh, together. So even if they can agree to go together because of anti-BB, I don't know how much longer it'll last. And so if neither scenario happens, if Likud doesn't get enough, Likud Shasya Dutatura Smotrich, then there's a fifth election. As sad as that is. The Labor Party, which was the party that controlled the state of Israel from 1947, even before there was a state, even before that, Mapai, Ben-Gurion's party, and so forth, 
until 1977 when Menachem Begin finally won they they literally control the party and uh, control the country in, in a very Bolshevik kind of way. Um, you couldn't get a job or or you couldn't get any good job if you weren't a, a, a card-holding member and so forth. They have gone down to almost oblivion. They were very close to being wiped off the map. Now enter a very charismatic leader by the name of Meirav Michaeli. Very much woke, what we call in America today, a woke person, anti-nuclear family and so forth, but again, very charismatic. And she, in the polls, the Labor Party has gone up at the expense of merits, because basically they're vying for the same for the same crowd. Um, so if both of them come through there's a better chance for an anti-BB coalition if only labor comes through then merits doesn't that the left gets very much weakened and uh, look in the past sometimes parties that were small like the labor party that the polls said they have six. They passed the threshold. So a lot of their voters would say, oh, they're safe. Let's go and vote for merits because they're not safe. They may not make the threshold. We need, again, this is the values voter in, in, in a sense against the strategic voter, although in this case the two are similar. Two parties have similar values. And then what happens at the end, by the time the elections are over, is that the bigger party ended up losing so many votes to the Nebuch that the Nebuch won. Well, we're running out of time. We ran out of time. Uh, a lot more to say. I do want to... I'm going to post uh, a website put up. This is an amazing website by Maish Capel. It's an experiment, and it promises to bring up to the minute real results and use artificial intelligence to predict the final outcome once 2% of the actual vote results are in. I'll also warn you not to be misled by the exit polls that are going to come out tomorrow when the polls close. This year, for because of corona, without going, I don't have time to go into the details, because of corona, um, the counting of the votes will take much longer and um, the the ability to actually project the real numbers of each party are very, very slim. So don't, don't, don't crowd around your TV waiting for the big news. All right, the clock has gotten us. We're going to end off with the, the famous Vahisha Amda of um, Yonatan Razel, but uh, this one was from last year, sung by Eden Ben Zaken. Before that, we say thank you for listening. Thanks. For your Facebook likes and comments, thanks to Nachum Siegel. Network. My very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. Coming up, Yoni Pollock with further after further review. Novak now with Jake Novak, and then the Monday Music Marathon. I take the opportunity to wish everyone a wonderful, joyous, and meaningful Pesach holiday. 
And until two Mondays from now, following JM and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Yeah.